wellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to A Quirky Journey, the healthy family podcast with your hosts, Joe Witten and Leah Follett. Welcome to A Quirky Journey. Join us as we share our family's journeys to good health. You'll find plenty of inspiration, tips and recipe ideas as well as stories from everyday people who've struggled and overcome health problems and diet challenges in their own families. I'm Jo Witten, author of the blog and book Quirky Cooking and I'm here with my friend and co-host Leah Follett. Hi Leah. Hi, how are you? Good. So today we're going to be having a bit of an off-the-cuff kind of discussion, <laughs> as we do, about what it means to be making lifestyle changes for well-being. Do you want to add a bit of clarification to that, Leah? Um, well, I suppose that we all start um, with an idea or a view to where we want to end up in the end, and the method at which we take to get there is is very different. So I thought that I'd be able to share and you'd be able to share, and, and hopefully that ticks some boxes. But, you know, well-being for me means something completely different to somebody else. And it's our personal perceptions. Um, for some people, well-being goes even as far as competence in like a relationship or their, you know, personal, interpersonal relationships, their self-acceptance. And for some people, it's just getting out of that um, I'm not a victim mode and creating awareness of the issue that they're in in order to make change and remove some of those emotional blocks. Right. And for me, it's probably a little bit different than you. And um, yeah, it's just, and I, I don't know that I ever had a major idea of exactly what I wanted to be in the end. And I probably still don't. But <laughs> it's I, I kind still of, don't know what I want to be when I grow up. No, you know, me like either. It's, just, it's still happening. Know, once you get over that first little rise, then it's just like, yep, yeah, no, I don't want to be that anymore. I want to do something else. But yeah, you know, like it's, it's kind of, sorry, there's my dog. It's kind Hi, of, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of taking one day at a time and um I mean you you do need to look forward and have goals but I think it's you learn more as you go and you just start having different goals as you go don't you Yeah well the yardstick for me gets definitely gets longer Yeah and where I thought I was going and heading you know like I'm, I'm always is it's always changing it's always changing and and where I want to be and what I want to do, once you get to that, you get those small little guns and then the world opens up and there's that you couldn't do before because of the mindset or how you were physically or emotionally. So it's, it's not having the blinkers on. Remove the blinkers and just open to possibility. Okay, so at the end of every week, jo has got this catch line she uses, which is keep working on those small changes and we'll be back to share more of our journeys with you next week. And, I mean, that's kind of the biggest thing that, we want to impart on people is that they are just small little changes and the amount of possibilities that come from those little changes is and endless. Joe, is there anything that you want to add to that? I mean, you started this podcast with a view to doing that and <laughs> yeah. I think we're achieving that and we're um, producing. I hope so, yeah. The, um, it's all building on the foundation, I guess, in little building blocks at a time you've got to um, add one thing in and work on it and then add another thing in so that's what we just wanted to touch on today um, some ways to um, work towards your health and well-being in little ways little ways in little yeah. ways because it's like um, like with my kids I look at them if I give them okay it's time to clean your room if I tell them let's clean the room they pan yeah 
panic and it's, it's too much, it's too vast and they can't see the end of it or they can't see themselves being able to do it or achieve it. But they don't know the steps to break it down into. No, no. And, you know, like life and life balance is exactly the same. So, you know, like there's so many different facets. You, you've got to try to start and my family it was the additional thing and once we got that done then it was the physical thing and then it was you know and we worked in the chemical stuff and and once you start crossing those off the list you get to this point where you're like wow you know I can achieve and now my head is clear enough and I'm emotionally open to see what's what's actually out there for us as far as potential so that's what we've kind of been working towards isn't it yeah so um shall we start off with just talking about some practical small sustainable changes that we can make that will lead to bigger things? Okay, I'm going first. Okay, go. Okay, number one, water. Oh, the most definitely. important thing on the planet. Yeah, besides like, oxygen. Before, besides <laughs> oxygen, okay, so maybe the, the second thing. But, you know, like if we haven't got water, we haven't got bacteria. And yep. we haven't got all of that, and mostly bacteria, so it would make sense that we should be nourishing and providing that bacteria that we've made up of with, you know, good, clean non-chemical non-polluted water so the easiest thing to do is jump online and find out counts and find out what sort of water you've got if you've got fluoride in your water you need to obviously take that out because it mm. causes a you know a pollutant and and some people you know don't do so well with all those extra toxins because of the load that they've already got yeah. so you know it's not so hard to just sort out where you are with your budget how much water you're going through what you think you need and then just order it mm. Very efficient shop, click and click and click and put my credit card number in off the top of my head. So that, that's the <laughs> easiest thing I think to do first is making a decision, being aware that you need to make a decision to do something and then I think the water should be done first. Yeah. And if you can, get a good water filter. And I've had this question a lot lately. Um, where do I get a good water filter? What do I look for? Um, mm. have, do you want to just give some practical advice on that? What, I know you've got the... Um, the removable okay yeah you? i've got but uh, i haven't got the rolls royce though like there are models above mine and of course i'm in a rental property so it needs to sit on the bench and, and be locked in but really you just need to work out you know obviously your budget my 320 dollars i think mine is and my filters cost me maybe a hundred dollars a year um, and that takes everything out. It's a five-stage reverse osmosis unit and then remineralizes the water appropriately. But Okay, so five-stage reverse osmosis. Osmosis. Okay, that's what people want to know, what kind. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I really love Graham and he's from yeah. the water shop, okay, and if anyone's got any questions, ring Graham and tell him even – because I started talking to him when I was living in Queensland, I used to send him picture messages of my faucet, I need this attachment, I need this, it's got to fit under there. And he just worked the rest of it out because I didn't know what it and chlorine taken out of my water and I didn't even care about or flukes or whatever else is not my bag and I don't go into all the science of that. Um, but those basic little things, if you just ring um, and, you know, everyone will have some sort of water filtration business or company in town that will be happy to offer them information and guide them within their budget. Mm. Uh, you know, if you go to the health food shops, they've got those um, gravity fed ones that go through the volcanic rock as well. And yeah. they do the same thing. The only difference between what I've got and what that is, 
is that I'm using mains pressure because I'm using it to cook with and I'm rinsing my vegetables and I'm, you know, like we go mm. through a lot of water making fermented foods. So then it goes back to, well, what, what's your water usage like? How much mm. are you using and, and how are you using it? Um, so otherwise, if you're going to use one of those um, gravity-fed things, have you know, you know, container and, and bank in advance of, you know, if you're going to prepare crowds and things like that. So That one would be more for just drinking water mainly, wouldn't it? Yeah, you know, like easy to put on the bench. Looks good. You know, have it in the office, have it on your yeah. work desk. Yeah. Um, but if you've got a, a family like as as large as, as yours, Joe, because mm. <laughs> you've got more than me, then you need to... Yeah, that's not going to be big enough. ...consider these are going to go through. Um, so that would just drive you nuts. You'd always be running out. So yeah, it just you just get online or give someone a call and tell them what your needs are, and they will sort out the rest. It's yeah, it, it can be their headache and not yours. We've got the under the sink one that's all hooked in and plumbed in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and with the two filters, and then I did buy the big outdoor one as well for the whole house to filter mm-hmm. all the water, so there's no chlorine in the water. Um, but I must admit we haven't got that put in yet because we need to build a box to put it in. <laughs> so that's got to be done yet. But that was from the water shop as well. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So they can yeah. sort of help you figure out what you need for your house anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And I wish I had other suggestions to offer people, but I haven't gone or looked yeah, any further than, than them. Um, so and yeah. it's been three three years that I've been going to see them now, so I've not had any problems. It's probably easier to talk to someone who knows lots about it anyway, so just go there. <laughs> yeah, just go there and just bombard them. Just send them pictures and say, look, just work it out. Just do it. Just do it. You don't want to be stressed about that. That's right. Um, I think one of the main things that people can do that is simple to help towards changing towards a better way of health um, is looking at what they're having for breakfast, don't you? Mm-hmm. the way you start your day yeah because mm-hmm. and I've, I've probably mentioned it a zillion times already in this podcast but anyway I think it's pretty important um, if you're starting off the day with a sugary cereal and milk and uh, maybe a piece of toast with jam and coffee with sugar and you know the traditional the traditional western diet um, all that sugar and fluff is really just going to give you a big high and then a big crash and I found when I used to eat that way, by 9 o'clock in the morning I was starving and I had a headache and my blood sugar levels had dropped so much I was starting to get all shaky um, and I was, you know, I, cu- I couldn't think straight. Um, so what do you think it's doing to kids going to school? They can't think straight at school. They're cranky. They're fighting with other kids. Um, you know, it, you really need higher fat, higher protein, lower carbs. And I think I mean, you can have higher carbs, but as long as they're the good kind of carbs, not refined white flour and junk and sugar and stuff like that. So I just think it's a really good way to get started on your day to have something that's more like a main meal. Mm-hmm. Um, for, for both of us, that's pretty much what we do, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. And um, if, you, if you can't mm-hmm. stand the idea, like some people just really can't stand the thought of a main meal for breakfast, um, but you can and, start off. Sorry, go ahead. Some people aren't. Or just aren't ready for breakfast at breakfast. You know, like it it takes them a while to, um, I don't know, get their stomach acid. Yeah. It's ready before they're actually eating it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so breakfast for some people isn't till morning tea, That's depending right. on on how they feel about that. But whichever, wherever you make breakfast, you need yeah. to make sure it's it's going to be an appropriate source of um, nutrients. Mm. Yeah, but I mean, I often say to people, at least if you can't stand the thought of eating, like you said, straight away, at mm. least have a really nutritious smoothie that's got like avocado and coconut cream or coconut oil and maybe raw egg and all sorts of good nutritious fats and protein, nuts and seeds, fruit, veggies, whatever you want to put in it. Make it a really good nutrition. So it's like a meal in a glass because then at least, you know, if you're the type that just gets up, gets showered and dressed and dashes out the door, at least you can take that with you um, and you're having something decent to get your body started, you know, with for the day and then as soon as you can have a proper meal. Um, another thing that my kids like is, um, like if you, if you have, if you can't stand the idea of a full meal, just have some scrambled eggs with some bacon and some mushrooms or something in it. And that's, that's considered breakfast food. So people usually can handle that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's a good, um, it's a good way to get towards more of a full meal is just having some scrambled eggs or poached eggs or something like that with maybe a little bit of veggies on the side. Like I know in your, you know, in your house, Leah, it's the um, salad as well as the yeah. meat and veggies as well yeah. as the sauerkraut. Got to get the greens in. Yeah, and that's what I, I'm it's, trying to get. We, we haven't been so good with salad for breakfast with everything else, but it's been more the yeah. cooked veggies in the broths with the eggs and the meat and veggies but mm. um, and sauerkraut. But that'll, that'll change for us. Yeah. So breakfast for us is... Um, more of a, a summer type thing and we're That's moving right, into cooler yeah, yeah. weather as well now so we'll be we'll be changing back um you know our broth poached veggies very soon it's mm. you know like today is our first real cold day okay that we've had so there'll be a change and the kids won't want to eat salad anymore and they'll want to eat something else so that's right just um, being aware of that um i've been working on you know a bit of writing yes. and i've been putting my recipes down and when it Main meals, main meals and leftovers is the yeah. title for my thing because that's all I'm about. Is especially for breakfast, it's yeah. more you got to cook dinner. Yeah, you may as well cook extra. Like I mean, you've always said before, and then have that and yeah, definitely breakfast. There's nothing better than cold curry. <laughs> I warm it up. I <laughs> oh, well, no, I and I add it's a bit just... more, a bit more water or some coconut milk until it's really yeah. soupy, and then yeah. once it's simmering, I crack eggs into it and stick the lid on, and then it's breakfast. Because it's like got the eggs ah, so poached in it. You just took that to a whole other level. Oh. Well, see, Excellent. when we have leftovers, we never generally have enough for all six of us again for breakfast. It's mm. usually there might be three serves left or something. So yeah. I, I um, you know, add more broth or water or coconut milk or whatever to make it a soup and mm. then crack the eggs in, put the lid on, and then it's got the – and it, then it thickens up, you know, because it's got all the eggs in it. Mm. And there's like two eggs with some – whatever leftovers they are all around yeah them. well we've always got hard-boiled eggs so okay. you know like when I do my curry thing in the morning I just get it out of the fridge and you know like slop it into a bowl and crack you know like peel a couple of oh, yeah. um, boiled eggs and and that's it's ready to go and I mean that was great over summer yeah because you don't want hot stuff for yeah, summer that's right you're not worried um, about it being but hot. yeah no I'll, I think I'll definitely be poaching some eggs and some um leftover curry that's a great yeah. idea yummy oh you're so clever <laughs> And it's just um, like make sure if you haven't already listened to the um, podcast that we did about broth because we talk about how we use our broth, how we make it so that it's perpetually simmering on the stove 
Um, so you've always got broth there to base your breakfast on or your meals on. So mm-hmm. have a listen to that one as well. But yeah, like yeah. like we said, if you can't stand the idea of savory meal-like breakfasts, at least start with a smoothie and maybe some eggs. So that's Definitely. a good start. Yeah. Definitely. If you don't like eggs, then you could do like a um, salad. Just try a salad or something mm-hmm. that's not too heavy. Yeah. Yeah, and also be mindful of where you are, like uh, as far as, you know, like your understanding and your development mm. and where you are at the time in your diet. And, okay, so we're, we're coming up with these options. You might be there and not might mm. not be ready to jump into that just now. So be calm and just expect that, you know, any change you make, even if it's, you know, like having a real toto at breakfast mm. or a piece of fruit or something that's, whole and natural instead of or having it on top of um you know like your your more packaged processed foods just be happy that you're making that that small little change yeah i'm just just, that room and that understanding that you will get there with each one of those gains i'm just thinking back to where i was 10 years ago even um with breakfast i went from the i guess i went from the whole wheat bread to spelt bread then i went to gluten-free bread and then I went to um, other things for breakfast more than breads, um, mm. so more like, you know, leftovers and meals and stuff. And yeah. um, now and then I'd make, or quite often actually, I'd make different kinds of fritters, so um, with either with beans and corn and shallots and egg and stuff like that or tuna mm-hmm. kind of fritters or apple and oat fritters, things like that. I- I made hash browns the other day. Ooh, we yum. had hash browns for breakfast. Yum, yum. Did you do it with sweet potato have, or what did I you? I did it with sweet potato. Yeah. And, of course, because they're such a high starch thing, we would only have them for breakfast. Otherwise, yeah. Gabriel will be ready to run a marathon in his in his pyjamas. Yes. Um, so, yeah, maybe people can put that on the, on the breakfast menu. Yeah, Definitely and that's quite fritters. easy. Yeah. Yeah. And vegetable fritters, like there's a um, few really good recipes and there's one that I used to make that's a curried vegetable fritter. There's so many things like that that you can make. And then I always made extra and used them for snacks during the day as well because mm-hmm. they were nice cold. Yeah. So that was but it's always a, handy. It's an, um, it's an emotional thing when it, it comes is. to food as well and you've got this ideal that that's what breakfast is and that's what's normal. So that's, that's what, I grew what we up do. With, yeah. <laughs> And, you know, like for me, it was such an, an emotional draw card that I, you know, like it's down to a nice, from, you know, because my grandparents were English on both sides. Okay. So they'd have, you know, creamy, buttery porridge and that was just like such a soul food. Mm. But at the same time, it gave me most horrendous stomach pains and because oh. of the amount of milk and cream that she would put into that and the sugars, yeah. it just, it really just messed me up. Yeah, but I always felt sick after it, porridge. You know, like I've got the fondest memories of that. Yeah, I really do. Same and here. Now I feel like eating porridge. <laughs> it's one of those and winter in in my dressing gown, in my UGG boots, with yep. my bowl of porridge, with my nanny. Um, you know, yep. having tea out of her Royal Dalton. You know, lots of brown cups. sugar and butter. Lots of brown sugar and, and you know all of that, and that's yeah. a real emotional thing. And, and you just need food. to accept that as that's what it was, and that's the beauty of of being able to. Uh, move forward and and being able to listen to your body is be able to reflect on that yeah. knowing that it wasn't the best choice for you but it did an awful lot for your soul yeah and that's a beautiful memory to have so that's don't true. ever reflect back on those things and think oh I should have known better no that's part of your path that's part of your journey and that's part of the wonder of of unpacking what you yeah. are essentially 
um, and getting back to that inner self, I suppose. Do you know what? One of my favourite photos is that I have of me when I was little. So when I was, I was one year old sitting on my mum's lap and she's, mm-hmm. she's feeding me my, my hot Milo, warm Milo, mm-hmm. made on cow's milk. Um, I'm sure it had sugar. Oh, no, it might not have had sugar. It would have just had the Milo in it by then at that stage. But, um, and a whole heap of love. Yeah, and sitting on her lap, sipping it out of a teacup. And she said, when I was one, I had to have two Milos every morning before I could be talked to. I was just cranky until I had my two Milos. <laughs> And it's it is it's like something it's a memory thing you know you, it's just something of your childhood but I wouldn't have that now but that's okay <laughs> no but it was so meaningful back then as well yeah yeah everyone needs that everyone needs those memories but my kids are, um will look back fondly on their broth with eggs I hope I <laughs> know oh, I I they will they will and. <laughs> The memories of even our most disastrous, awful inventions, though, oh, mum was the best cook and she used to do all oh, of this stuff. Yeah. And, you know, even though it turned out absolutely awful and horrid, they're, you know, like their perception of that because That's they're right. so little, yeah. um, you know, like they're not going to see any of that. They're no. only going to see what the feeling was in the house anyway. And I think that's what it comes down to is, you know, what's going on, what the energy, overall energy is like. Like I don't remember the busy, crazy mornings when we were trying to scream and get out of the house that's and right. do whatever. That's not what you remember. I remember the ones where my mum and dad actually eyeballed me and took time out with me. Yeah. And then I've got the connection around the food. So, you know, you That's could right. do that over a bowl of steamed broccoli. That's right. Not that I've got anything against broccoli. but and you know, I, actually, like... I actually have friends. I remember a few years ago before I was in this mindset, they were very healthy and they used to buy every all their bulk organic veggies and, you know, it depended whatever was in season. That's what they bought. And so they'd have this whole big box of broccoli and because they had so much and they had to use it quickly, they would have it breakfast, morning, you know, breakfast, lunch and dinner. They'd have broccoli. They have, I think that's so weird eating a heap of broccoli for breakfast. But now it's like, yeah, so what? I always have broccoli for breakfast. <laughs> Isn't it funny? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I used to love uh, the tempura veggies. I used to love oh, the yes. broccoli done in that sort of batter. Well, you need to You've recreate that. that for me, Jo. Okay. We'll work on that one. <laughs> yeah, that, you need to work on that one. With that's no something starches, I really... great. <laughs> oh, you know, like I actually, with my, um, with the fritters that I made, not the fritters, the hash browns made the other day, I actually used a bit of arrowroot powder. Oh, yes. And that's not something I've used for such a long time, but it was just something that I went, oh, yeah, you know, like everyone's well in this house. So I thought I'd do a bit of a food challenge and see how we went. How'd it's not it something we could have every day. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, you know, like we actually did really well on it. So oh, I'm considering good. that, you know, maybe that's our once-a-week special thing. You know how, Yay. like, people have, you know, their, they have their um, processed breakfast all week and they have their bacon and eggs on Sunday. Maybe yeah. we can have our normal breakfast all week and we can have our hash browns on Sunday. And maybe oh, that's, that's going to be the yeah. emotionally warming thing yeah. that my kids will remember. That's right. The excitement of something a bit different. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Um. What else do you, do you want to mention? Another one of your small changes that you found helps. Um, I suppose I'm just I'm just having a little think. The balance I think that you need to identify with everything, and also with the little changes, be mindful that you have to share all the negative, all the crappy, all the mistakes that you make. Mm-hmm. Because people are going to follow who you are and what mm. you're doing. They're going to take an interest in you because they love you. 
So that's the biggest part of change is creating an awareness of what you've been doing and not so much the hardship but, you know, the accidents, the the incidental things that have been both good and bad along the way because they're the people that are going to measure you by how far you've gone. You're not going to remember how far you've come but they're going to remember all the little things that you did along the way and Mm. they're the ones that are going to hold you accountable Mm. to what you've done and the magnitude of growth that you've been through. Yeah. So, you know, like I think that's a major part in in the sustainability of of any kind of lifestyle change is having those people in your life, in your community that are there to share that with. And for the first part of what we were doing with the kids, it was duck and cover, don't send up any red flags because what you're doing is obscure and and eating real food is dangerous and the supplements and the you know crazy therapies we were doing it was just it was unheard of six years ago yeah but now it's like I can see that not sharing that created fear in my sister so Mm. you know I've had to repair my relationship with her Mm. I didn't want to disappoint anyone so I didn't share anything so just for the that I opened and I wasn't transparent. I created a whole heap of um, ill feeling or concern for my family mm. just because I wasn't sharing. Oh, so in point. making in making those little changes, you have to be open with with people because yeah. if they don't understand what you're doing and why, and that comes back to why you started the podcast to begin with, mm. is because you wanted to be transparent. You wanted yeah. people not to be concerned for the road you were taking, yeah. but to be able to see the journey and path that you are on. Yeah. Definitely. And I think um, I've always tried to, I know when when I was looking into all this myself, I wouldn't change anything unless I knew why. So when I started looking into, say, um, what oils to use for cooking, I had to know why. I didn't want someone to just say, use this oil. I wanted to know why you should use this oil and why not to use that oil. And it's the same when, you know, your family's looking on and they're saying, well, why are you changing these things that our family has done forever? And you're saying, no, I can't eat that now or I can't do that now. Um, You need to be able to explain why and give them some, I mean, you don't want to be preaching at them and hassling them, but if they ask, you definitely need to be able to explain what you're doing. I didn't. I just went with my gut instinct and if it was like, okay, as soon as I met my biomedical, you know, my mind foundation doctor, as soon mm-hmm. as I met him, I was like, no, nah, Frank said, Frank said, and that was my standard okay, thing yep. to everyone was why are you using this oil? Because Frank said. <laughs> Mark could say. <laughs> well, I didn't have anybody like that. Why are we research. <laughs> why are we buying five kilos of Epsom salts at a time? Because Frank said. Where's all that money gone? Frank needed it. You know, like that was my life. And That's it's so still part of my life. And I just look at Mark and say, Frank, and, you know, I don't have a problem with that anymore and nor does he because he knows that. He trusts him. Well, I yeah. had such faith in my healer. Yeah. And, and that's what he is. You know, he, okay, yeah, okay, he's a doctor. But, he, you know, first and foremost, he's a healer. Mm. And anyone in those modalities, they go into that profession because they were born first a healer before they, you know, worked out what they were going to be and where they were going to specialise in. That was innate in them and they wanted to be that from the get-go. And Mm. when you meet someone like that, there's an intuitive, um, you know, pass between you both and you're just like, yep, that's who I'm going to focus on. And it could be someone, for for anyone else, it could be that, you know, like you start modelling off someone and you think, yes, they've got it together, I'm going to start modelling, I'm going to follow them or I'm going to, you know, like anyone you're following on Facebook or, you know, Trevor Hendy. Oh, I love Trevor Hendy. He's just amazing. But, you know, like 
any of those people that are just that little bit further down the road or, you know, are more knowledgeable because of their time in that space and place, you know, for me, I was comfortable in that place that, yep, I have a gut instinct and my gut instinct is saying that they are right even though I don't have the mental capacity or the language to articulate what they're doing, saying or why, mm. I'm just going to go with that. And that's what my three years was about. And I still can't, you know, say everything I need to say about, you know, the biochem approach and what we did, but I know that it was right and true because my gut said so. I, I guess I took a different approach because... I mean, I had definitely had mentors that I looked up to, like Cindy O'Meara was a big one for me because she really helped me to understand the small change idea and that yes. was doable for me. Um, but I always tried to, and I, I guess my dad raised us this way, that you always look into everything yourself and don't yes. take it at some, don't follow a person, take mm -hmm. what they're saying and then go and research it and make sure that you agree with it. Mm -hmm. um, and so I guess there's a balance there. You obviously need mentors and you need people that are going to help, especially with like you, you had a nutritional doctor, obviously he had the, um, the research and the study yes. and he'd done that for you because yes. I, it was a lot of stuff that you couldn't do. And that's why I probably was happy to pay yeah, extra is that's because right. he'd invested his life in doing that. Yes. I just think it, um, you have to be careful obviously with some people who are out there on the internet that I've seen over the years and we've all seen that um, sort of prey on people who trust <laughs> and will take your money and run. So um, I'm not saying that a nutritional doctor would do that kind of thing because they're more of a professional person, but there's a lot of websites and Facebook and stuff out there that you really need to look into it before you jump in both feet. Don't you agree? I, I think so. But for me, and once you start um, having faith in, in your gut, instinct mm. you can see the love from the fear even in the mm. language and what they're writing you just if you can identify when someone's trying to sell to you you yeah. can see that and oh I yeah and that, I hate being sold to yeah you know like so I'm wary of a lot of websites with advertising I'm wary yeah. of those things that are selling where they want me to hand over money yeah I'm looking for people that are like me I'm looking mm. for people that are out there giving yeah um 100% with nothing no want in return no they strings. just want to to give and I mean we just we had an experience where a lady contacted us and wanted to transcribe all our podcasts oh, for nothing did. Rachel for you're nothing. lovely <laughs> Rachel she is she's absolutely lovely um and but, she's she's on the gaps journey as well, and she said, "I just want to help." And yeah, you know that just, is just the most gorgeous thing. I know, but she didn't want for anything. She's no. like, she's got a blog, she's got this. She didn't want for any advertisement. She just no. wanted to support us, and that's what you're looking for. You're looking for people that want to share the love and yeah. want to share the growth and the gains without you handing over money to mm. begin with. Yeah. So I mean, I you can we, see that. I know mm. we all have to have money to live and there's times where you need to charge for your services or whatever and we're not saying you shouldn't. No. Um, but you we're, can tell the not. difference between authentic and Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. But anyway, I'm not really sure how we got onto that, but that was interesting. No, I don't either. That was really important though. That must have For been somebody important. that was important. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was just saying that um I just did heaps and heaps of research in the beginning and I guess I still do. Mm. Um, and then once you find certain people that you trust, you do take on a lot of their research and go, okay, yep, I trust that person to have researched that. Mm. So, well, yeah. who do you trust? Who do you um, well, trust I, with I your definitely, research? I definitely trust Cindy O'Meara still. I've just okay. had so mm -hmm. much benefit from her work. 
okay yeah. and I so we can put Cindy down so if anyone else is in you know comes from my background where they're just so bombarded with everything they just need to know a good source of information so we've got mm. Cindy O'Meara from Changing and if Habits you, and if you ask her you know why is this and she can't find the information she will research until she's blue in the face to find it out yeah okay you know. so we've got her mm. and then I follow Sarah Ballantyne the okay. paleo mum yep because her background, she is a researcher. Yep. So she does the same thing as Cindy Amira. So I suppose for everyone out there that just doesn't have a clue and just wants to know, okay, well, where do I go? Mm, that's right. Th- those two sources And doesn't have, have been, the time to research at all themselves. Doesn't have the time to yeah. research. But also the experience. You get the research papers and the media starts carrying on about, you know, the research and, and it proves and shows this. But when you actually start breaking down a research paper and actually looking at what the data actually mm. infers or shows yeah you know it's really hard to really easy i should say to to misrepresent the actual outcomes mm. so it is. you know having twist it. Okay, to twist it that's mm. right to you know to whatever effect that they want to be able to to twist it to so at least with those people if you know like if they've read the research paper you can be sure that their interpretation of the information is is true it's not biased in any way this mm. is the fact and this is what happened so, yeah, I suppose that's what you need to be looking for is, is yeah, yeah, accountability and understanding yep. and the tools to be able to interpret that information and that's correctly. And that's a good point right there, um, that the people that you look up to should be willing to be accountable yes. and, if, if, and should be willing to admit a mistake if they have been mistaken. And that's, you know, that's the kind of people I look up to, not someone that will just shove it under the carpet and pretend they didn't do it. No. Um, you know, so that's, that's a good point there. Hmm. Okay, um, I just thought of a few, I'll just quickly mention a few more things that when, when Leah was talking about making small changes um, mm-hmm. that lead to bigger things, um, one thing that I mention a lot in my seminars is, you know, when you're first starting out on a healthy diet, um, it can really freak the family out. Um, because they just don't they're not used to all these changes and like you said they might be looking at you going why are you suddenly changing everything we've always done and um, it's it's you know unsettling Um, so one of the things that I recommend people do is take the family's favorite recipes and just really slowly start changing them to make them healthier so instead of going from um, you know your family likes pasta with bolognese sauce and lasagna and beef stroganoff and all these things, you might go, oh, I can't feed them those anymore because those recipes are so unhealthy, whatever versions of recipes you have. Um, Mm. But instead of chucking them out the door, just start changing those same recipes to make them healthier. So you might, if you need to go dairy-free, you you might start putting in dairy-free sauce in the cheese, instead of a cheese sauce in the lasagna, or you might add a heap of veggies to the bolognese sauce and serve mm-hmm. it on vegetable noodles instead of, you know, refined white pasta. Um, so mm-hmm. little things like that, little by little, I think that really helped our family to change the way that we ate because the kids and my husband didn't feel like I was taking away all their favourites. I was just slowly changing them. <laughs> Sneakily, slowly Sneakily, changing. yes. I'm um, yeah. changing the sweeteners. A lot of times people won't even notice when you change to a good sweetener and just start slowly cutting it down. I feel sorry for the people that come to my house, though, because we don't yes. use any sweetener. I know. It can be a rude shock if you 
Not that we we wouldn't, but it's just like when I bake and I make all my recipes, I don't use any of those things. And if I'm going to put it up on my page, I'm like, okay, so I've got to put some sweetener in there for yeah. the rest of the population. I know, I do that sometimes. And too I'm now. always unsure. Like, and when I when kids come over, you know, we've got neighbours that have just moved in. They've got little kids, and they come over, and my kids are eating chocolate. So it's just like, yeah, here, have a piece of chocolate. Oh, I don't even so think funny. about it, and I give them. I mean, you know how how bitter my chocolate yes. is and they've just like have a bite and then they're just turning Pucker their noses up. up. <laughs> oh, it's, you forget. You really do forget because you, do. you just start moving along and yeah. those those small little tweaks that you make gets you to a point where you're all of a sudden, oh, this is, you know, like you don't even notice that you're at that point but when you look back and when you go and have that thing that you used to have, it's yeah. like, wow, how on earth did I eat that? Yes. And also things like um, – slowly cutting down like I remember a few years ago my naturopath friend said to me um you don't need to be baking every day kids don't need to be eating baking every day and I just looked at her like really I know growing up we always did that was my mum she baked something every day we'd come home from school and there was something hot coming out of the oven and um it was it's been you know I had to really learn to pull back and give them some fruit and some nuts and some basic things and and she also taught me you don't need to buy things like sun-dried tomatoes and olives and fancy things for every week it can be something you just use for special occasions and stick to basic foods I'm like really (laughs) because you can get so used to eating that way that Mm. yeah that sense of entitlement or expectation that that's what we have you always have special stuff and you always have sweets and then people go wow my grocery bill is you know, way off the charts um, when you could be sticking to much simpler foods and having the other things as special occasion foods. So uh, I've had to learn that. Okay, so the Easter bunny came last yes, week. it did. My sort of. kids. Not, not very well here. <laughs> oh, my kids, my kids had the best Easter ever. Oh. You should have seen their faces when they realised they could eat a whole apple. Oh. You know, like because of our house, we've always had like a, you know, like we've had a reduced intake of, of fruits yeah. and fruit sugars and that sort of stuff. But I went all out and I bought up, you know, two red apples and they had one each in their little Easter baskets and it was like they fully pre- they were prepared to share because that's what happens is you cut it up and, and you have one apple for the whole family and that's yeah. your load. But it was Easter and it was special. So, you know, William got a couple of tubes of um, watercolour paints, which, are, uh, you know, he likes, yeah. his you know, specific brand. And, and, you know, Gabriel got one of those um, canisters that go inside the soda stream machine yep, yep. and an apple. And then they got a loving earth chocolate, so they only got three things Aww. each for the day, and that was it. Oh no! And that's right, I decorated some coconuts. Oh, that's so cute! <laughs> I decorated some coconuts. I threw so, some glitter in a shopping bag and threw the whole drinking coconut in there, and then I just put ribbons on the top. But oh, that was so that was our that was our Easter. I love it. And their sense of, um, you know, they just, oh, wow, we get to eat a whole apple like that was bigger and better. Yeah, because it's. It's so monitored and so controlled and, and it's, you know, like we, it's, we don't have apples. We would have berries or we would have citrus yeah. over that. But just to get something that was in season that was incredibly sweet and, mm. you know, rich in colour and all that other stuff, it just blew their minds that that's, that's so what they cute. got for Easter. And I sit there and I'm just smugly thinking, you're eating an apple, you know, like warp, big warp, you know. <laughs> but that's my kids. That's what I've built them up to be. But. Yeah, for anyone else's kids, if you put an apple in their Easter egg basket without doing all this transition and all these changes over, say, six years, 
getting mm. back to being able to eat that one apple like that's a huge achievement for my kids to be able to do that mm. on that special occasion for them they were still off their trolleys for the rest of the day wow but you know ours um i think because of gaps it's happened a lot quicker you know mm. the then a lot of families might take a long time to transition to that sort of stage of simplicity with eating. But because of, you know, the last six months on gaps, um, our kids had a couple of small of those um, salted caramel chocolates that I make that I've just recently made and they're on my blog. They had Mm -hmm. a couple of small bits of that. They had a couple of homemade marshmallows from your recipe. Thank you very much for that. And they love them. And oh, well, I think, that's good. I think the only other thing that they had was, um, no, that was about all. Grandma gave them $10 each because that was their Easter present and they, were, they didn't even complain or anything. They were happy. So oh. I think it really changes their expectations and, you know, simplifying their diet helps in so many ways because when other kids are eating chocolates all around them, it, it didn't actually bother them. So that was no. good. No, because they learn to value things slightly different. But, it, you know, yeah. like it doesn't mean that they don't participate or enjoy, you know, life in their own sphere. It's I just guess that they, mine is different to yours and that's okay. Yeah, I guess they weren't, they weren't actually at anyone's house having Easter egg hunts or anything. That would have been a bit more difficult. I would have had to make a bit more effort. <laughs> oh, we did um, Easter egg hunt in the backyard and we made oh, yeah. little, you know, those little plastic eggs, you can pull yes. them in half. Yep. So I put little games inside those and little toys and, you know, pom-pom yeah. beads and, and that kind of stuff. And yeah. then we just scattered them out there. And the next-door neighbour made these hard-boiled eggs, which the kids were supposed to decorate, but yes. they ate before they got to decorate oh, them because they were so excited. But, you know, like there's always something. And as long as you're giving them something yeah, and as long as it's, you know, an activity, then, the, you know, like no one ever feels like they missed out. And because no. there were so many kids running around, they just get caught up in the enjoyment Playing, and the excitement. Yes. Yeah. of what it is yeah oh, so cassia did do um decorated boiled eggs i forgot about that yeah so that kept her happy oh <laughs> yeah excellent um okay so with these small changes i think like you said leah um just being able to achieve that change is the key like to focus on um your goal i guess of that small change in reaching yeah. that goal yeah 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 so just the achievement in itself you know like every one of those small changes needs to be an achievement needs to be acknowledged or you know for you it might be achieving that and then marking time before you decide on where you're going next or or what the next big step is for you Mm. um and with each of those little achievements that you go through you've got a clearer sense of of clarity so your decision making's better for some people if it's cleaning up their diet and they have reduced pain you know you can't make a decision towards your well-being if if you're either based in fear or in pain so a lot of that <clears throat> fogs our our judgments and fogs our ability as well because we we feel restricted or confined in some way mm. so just making that little change having that sense of achievement rewarding yourself marking time and then going on to the next thing you know like you can the change and keep growing into yourself and keep growing through health and wellness to that point of well-being and also keeping in mind that well-being for me is different to well-being for you like I've got a different idea of what mm. that is for me just because of my upbringing and my ideals and my sense of self so um, you know, not measuring yourself 
and saying, oh, well, that person's sense of well-being that, you know, they've got to have a body fat percentage of this that yeah. makes them healthy, their spray tan makes them healthy. Mm. That's their sense of well-being and they're happy in their skin and happy with what they're doing. But that not might not suit your ideal. That's right. So you have to identify where you are and what you want to be and what you're going to be happy with mm. at that stage. And once you get to that, tick it off, mark time, look around, see how you feel. And then go for the next thing. And if that's if you, if you identify that that person over there looks healthy and well because of what they've got on their skin and because they're what they're wearing, and you want to be that, then go after that. If that's going to make you healthy and it's going to make you well in your mind, then then be happy with what you're doing in that space. But it might be something completely different as well. So you know, like don't get hung up on other people's sense of of health. You know, you've got to be your own health. You've got to be happy in your own skin. And you've got to create that sense of well-being and wellness for yourself so. I think it's important um like we were saying achieving a small step before you go on um one like I was saying earlier that Cindy O'Meara's book Changing Habits Changing Lives was really good for me early on um, because it teaches you to master a habit before you go on to a new one so instead of just bombarding yourself with all these changes you're focusing on one small thing um like you said getting the hang of it making it a habit Cindy says it takes 21 days of doing something constantly to make it a habit and then once you've mm-hmm. reached that stage you might you know like you said you might mark time or you might begin a new one um, and it can be something as simple as drinking two liters of water a day or um, doing some push-ups five push-ups a day or you know whatever it is do that for 21 whole days before you start trying to um, bombard yeah. yourself with other things other things other things because we can get so eager to change that we totally overwhelm ourselves and then totally give up so that's that's important I think is to celebrate the small wins and to make time for them and then go on to the next one <laughs> yeah. yeah and do yeah. them one at a time yeah one at a time do them one at a time because then you can see the change in growth from that one thing mm. because if you're doing everything all the same same time this set me back or was it this thing that set me back or was it this thing so you can't see which particular one was favoring your body and you that growth so do the one thing and focus on that one thing at a time yeah yeah and um what shall we say about um we need to talk about how like you said it's different for everyone change will be different for you and your well-being will be different for you than it will be for other people and i i love that quote by yeah yeah by theodore roosevelt that says do what you can with what you have where you are and where you are is going to be different to where everybody else is and what you have is going to be different to what everybody else has Mm -hmm. um you know and you just have to do what you can like i had an email yesterday from someone saying i want to start gaps but i'm really worried i won't be able to afford everything organic what am I going to do? Should I start or should I not? And I said, yes, definitely start. Just do what you can. Like we said last week with Alex on the show, um, you do what you can with organic and then you just make the best possible choices you can otherwise. So um, your changes will be different to somebody else probably, um, but you just start where you are and work on towards um, each level. Yeah, Yeah. so it's just... Acceptance that the change is needed, mm. that it's 
you know, that needs to happen, that you are no longer the victim and you can empower yourself and that you actually have the tools to be able to do that change yourself. Mm. Or if you don't have the tools immediately, everyone is born with the, the same intelligence. We've all got the same brain. We've all got the same abilities. So, you know, in going out and learning and educating and moving on and, you know, like we can all do that for ourselves, I suppose. So acknowledging what your path is and what your choice is and being happy in that, that you can make those choices for yourself um, or you can make them on behalf of, uh, well, for me, I make all the choices in the house. Mark just has to live with them. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, going on and, and doing those things and being excited with the potential. Yeah. Well, it's true. <laughs> yeah, but you're not supposed to say it out loud. <laughs> but he's not here and he oh, doesn't okay. listen to my podcast. It's oh, that's fine. all right then. I've just got to look over my shoulder and make sure he's not standing behind me and he's got off work early. Um, another thing another quote that I love is that one by Maya Angelou that says do the best you can until you know better then do better Um, because like you can only do what you know and don't feel guilty looking back like you said earlier don't feel guilty looking back at at things that you used to do or things you used to eat you did the best you could back then and as you knew better you'd started on you know doing better so it's bit by bit it is. It is. Yeah. And, you know, looking at the, the growth and allowing it to change and evolve as yeah. you go. So it comes back to being kind to who you are yes. and where you were and that, you know, when I was eight, eating a bowl of porridge was brilliant and perfect and it was just what it is mm-hmm. and it was just what it needed to be. But mm-hmm. now I know that that's not the best choice for my particular body type but it doesn't mean I'm going to be looking over the fence and then you know thinking towards myself or you know thinking badly about another person because that's what they're feeding their child and I think that mothers have that um, mentality when it comes to the lunch boxes at school oh yeah you know like it's like I'm the best mother or I'm trying to be the best mother because I'm giving my child this and well that person's not the best mother because they're not providing their child that well it can be very much like that can't it yeah, but, you know, like what suits your diet, your family, your body type, uh, your lifestyle isn't going to suit another person. So by that perspective, they could be thinking and feeling the same thing about you. So it's better not to think about and have yourself in that mindset at all. Mm. And if you catch yourself analysing or critiquing somebody else without a full picture of what's going on, it's best to uh, pattern shift and really draw on that heartfelt emotion that that mother did their best with what they had, with the information that they've got, and it's perfect for what it is today in this time and place. And also I think we have to remember that you don't know what's going on in that home and what struggles they're going through. And if their kid's lunchbox is full of packets, there could be a very good reason for that. (laughs) Well, it could be. It could be, you know, like, and there's always... Oh, even with the packet food, you mm. look at just because it says it's organic doesn't mean it's like we learnt the other week. Mm. Just because it's organic doesn't mean it's any better than the other stuff. Okay, it doesn't have the you know the chemical load, but it's still full of starches and the sugars and and all those other things. Yeah. But you know, it could be that they're just busy. It could be that they haven't got the time or the education. Or there's a yet. new baby in the house. Or, or mum's sick. Or, or mum's sick or we yeah. didn't have time or, you know, like there could be this abundance. So just really sending out the love and appreciating everyone on whatever level, whatever place they're in and wherever they're coming from is just accept it for what it is, who they are and just 
oh man, just love them, just grab them and just, you know, really appreciate <laughs> being part of the community and being present and accepting that, you know, the difference that they are bringing to the community. Yeah. And we really need to support each other with um, of all of this, don't we? It can be a bit of a lonely ride at times when you, when you are starting to change over your diet and change the way that you do things. Um, what, you know, I find that when I'm in a group of people that think the same as me, same-ish, <laughs> no one's exactly alike, obviously, and um, make sure that you, you actually take some time out to, um, to feed yourself and grow yes. and spend time on your own as well as with your family and friends. Um, and think yeah. about what you're doing. I, I think that's been very important for me is to get some time alone and, and think. Um, and let yeah. you, My mum calls it taking some time out to let your soul catch up with your body. <laughs> oh, I like that. I like yeah. that. And just I like that. Get some, get some quiet time and, um, yeah, learn to relax a bit too. Like you said, just let other people do what they need to do and you just do what you need to do. What would what yeah. would you like to say about well, what's important to you? Okay, so the creative wellness in yourself, if that increases, then it increases the energetic potential in the world. So going back to that heartfelt radiance of, um, you know, positive energy and how you cleaning up your diet, doing the best for your family is going to start inspiring and rubbing off on other people. It does. Um, and the aim is to reduce like the negative fear-based energy um, that we experience from, you know, like all sources and then working through our emotional blocks in order to, you know, get back to our, a sense of who we are and, and just being aware of other people's backgrounds, um, I suppose. Oh, actually, on that matter, mm. Patch Adams, have you seen that movie? No. Okay, so that's all about, for me, it's all about the energetic presence, I suppose, you know, like in the effect that other people can have. And it was about a doctor who went into hospitals and, you know, there were all these sick kids and all these things and he was bombarded with, you know, this negative, you know, imagery and, and he went out of his way to show so much love, laughter and potential that he was healing people just by being who he is yeah. and, you know, putting on a brave face and, and going out into the world and dealing with his own emotional issues. So I suppose that's what I want to say in changing and increasing the energetic potential of who you are just because you've got the skills to change those small incremental things every day. You can be proud in that and you can radiate that and own it and hopefully that rubs off on the next person. Mm. Yep. And it is, and going back to the small changes thing, it's also small things that make such a big difference um, for people. So for yourself and for your family and for your friends and all the people that you meet every day at work and at out the shops and everything, you know, the smiles, the kindness, the little acts of kindness, the um, acceptance of others, um, they're just little things really that any of us can do. And it makes such a big difference in our well-being. Yeah, our well-being. I get really excited when someone replaces the toilet roll. Oh, yeah, makes me a cup of tea. <laughs> it's such a big thing. Yeah, um, but, that, that but consideration. Even, but you know, even at the shops, you know, someone drops something and you go and pick it up for them. 
the smile they give you is just like, oh, wow, someone would do that for me. And it's so mm. easy. So, you know, to, to contribute to other people's well-being really isn't a hard thing. It's small. No, it's not. It's small. No. And that contributes to back to us, to our well-being. It does. It does. So I think that's a really big, important part of well-being is to look, look out for other people's needs and do what you can to help them. Um, yeah. yeah, ensuring that everything is heartfelt. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and just also I must mention slowing down and enjoying life um, because I know as, as a mum and I know you're probably the same as me, you can get so busy that you don't have oh you probably don't because you're you're very balanced but <laughs> you get, I, I never used to be actually no I'm not very balanced at all well I'm we, still we try working. we I'm try working on it but, I'm working on it I've just got to stay just that little step above before everyone else oh, you know just one I know, step I know and, and then I just pretend I pretend <laughs> that I know what I'm talking about and really I don't we're all the I've same only just achieved, I've only just achieved that thing last week but you know like yeah like, that's yeah, right I well, talk about it like I know what I'm doing well we're, work, <laughs> we're working on it aren't we it's it's all that yeah you know slowing down and enjoying life and actually enjoying the journey as you go and not just having your eyes so fixed on the goal that you can't enjoy the actual journey to the goal yeah do you know what I mean um, because I think we can get stressed out with the where we want to be mm-hmm. and um, not focus on where we are right now as well. Yeah. Um, and bringing, you know, just um, not going so fast that you miss what's going on around you and getting so busy that, you know, everything's sort of lost. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, like life, life's a road trip. You know, you got to look out the window. Yes. Enjoy the ride. Yes, enjoy the music. <laughs> That's right. That's and right. And they're, they're screaming in the back seat. And, no, no, and no. Like it's all of those things. <laughs> well, it is. That's all part of it, isn't it? Yeah. But, yeah, I think it's really important to to enjoy the ride. And it's getting rather noisy here. I don't know if you can hear that. Can you hear that? No, I can't hear that. Oh, good. But it's, 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 right. it's nice noise. It's my kids in the kitchen cleaning up and doing dishes, so I'm oh, not complaining. It? Yeah. Oh, no, no. <laughs> you still sound, sound like a transformer. Oh, it's dear. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll finish up because I think the weather's not that great for a podcast. It's no, funny. Right. It's funny that you've got to have a good weather for a podcast, don't you? Well, it's like a picnic. It's low, low cloud. <laughs> I don't know what it is. So. Yeah. But, but we, we got most of it done. We got we some did. of the important stuff ticked off and, and addressed today. So and I'm will, proud. I'm happy with that. And we will put links on the um, Wellness Couch um, blog. We'll put links on there for you to go through and have a look. So I've, I know I've got a couple of things on my website that talk about um, ways that I find helpful for slowing down and for um, achieving a bit more well-being in my life. And I'm sure Leah has some stuff that she'd like to share as well. Oh, look, I haven't got it written down anywhere. But I'm only will. new at this game. <laughs> I, don't have, I don't have content. <laughs> you, you've got to ask me. You've got to you, ring me. You, so, can prob- hey. you can probably think of things that you would like to recommend, though. That people yes, can I could do that. I, yeah. yeah, I'll go and do that. Maybe I'll find one of my, yeah, an, another podcast of somebody else's that I really enjoyed. Yeah. But thank you, everybody, for listening with our stops and starts. And um, I hope that you did get something out of that and that you can think of some small changes that you can make um, that you can work on this week. And they don't have to be finished this week. Just remember it's, it's all a journey and enjoy the journey. And um, we hope you'll come back and enjoy listening to our quirky journeys next week. All right. And please post any questions or comments that you have on our Facebook pages or on the website, The Wellness Couch dot com backslash a quirky journey 
and um, we'd love it if you subscribe to our podcast and keep going this week and we will see you soon bye bye this has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com check us out on facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash the wellness couch subscribe to each show on itunes and check us out on twitter the wellness couch streaming wellness into your lives Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.